If you're new to the Impact Secret Podcast show, welcome to the family. To my existing family, as always, thank you for taking the time to be here and joining today's show. On this podcast show, we shift the mindset through personal development and business. I am your humble host, E.D. For all you smart and intelligent folks out there, that just simply means Ed. Now, pull up to the dinner table. I got some stories to tell. You guys should know by now, Mr. Fist's slogan is, never rest in the middle, always rest in the end. On today's show, there's three impact secret values that I want you to obtain. First one is, we admire the people that stand out, not stand in. We admire the people that stand out and not stand in. Number two, the doubts of life, the doubts of life. Number three, it is none of your business what they think about you. That's my favorite. It's none of their business what they think about you. Today's episode is entitled, Why Being Underestimated is Your Superpower. Why Being Underestimated is Your Superpower. Now, with no further ado, family, let's get into today's show. I got a call. This call came in from a recruiter and said, hey, Ed, we have an opportunity for you to be a is a project manager slash business consultant. Would you be interested? I said, sure. Let's see what the opportunity is about. See, one thing about life family is, is that. I'm not big on saying yes to everything, but I'm big on saying yes to most things. Because you never know that may be an opportunity there waiting for you. So the recruiter goes and sets up the the interview. I go in and it is a roundtable of interviews so I jump from office to office meeting with other people other I mean meeting with the hiring manager and then meeting with um, managers that some of them are not even part of the actual hiring decision I should say they were just more there to really see uh, if I would be a good fit so I went to all these different locations then there was one that was really interesting. I had the uh, the the last interview as far as for that particular round, by the way, there were two rounds, was with someone over a conference call, but I was in the building. So after that, they called me back. Well, they called the recruiter back. The recruiter called me back and said, hey, we would like for you to come in for a, another round of interviews. I said, okay. I said, do you think they're going to make a decision on after this particular round? And she said, well, I believe so. I believe they will make that decision at this time. I said, okay. So I go in for another round of interviews. And 
it it was the same approach. I literally jumped from office to office, or sometimes I would be stationed in one office and people would come in and have conversations. See, one thing about about me is is that I'm sort of a talker, and because I'm a a, a talker, you trying to come in and disrupt me and 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 make me feel uncomfortable. That's when I'm actually the most comfortable when. I am having dialogue just about life or about things that you try to catch me off guard with or create a try to create an, an unprofessional environment, which I push back and make sure that I still stick to what we're here to discuss. So they call me, uh, the recruiter calls me, but the hire manager, hiring manager called me ahead of time and say, hey, we, we're going to extend the opportunity to you. Uh, we're excited to have you and, and things of that nature. And then, you know, an hour or two later, I get a call from the recruiter saying, hey, yeah, they want to, you know, bring you on. And the opportunity is a contract to uh, or as you put it, temp to perm. And after six months, the goal is for you to become a full time employee. It's like, OK. So when I go in, the expectations that I had as far as doing project management work was not really truly project management work. So I am not trying to allow what I'm seeing to disrupt the opportunity. So I patiently wait to see how this opportunity is going to go. And what I was noticing in the environment, see, when you start studying for me and my craft of at that, you know, my craft of being a project manager, you have to learn the audience. So I started studying and watching um, preachers and uh, comedians. And reason why I was doing that is because it gave me an opportunity uh, and listening to their interviews and how they were speaking, because you when you when you're in front of an audience, you have to see how how they move. And I took that approach and applied it to just the business office. And what I was noticing, there were a lot of, um, I'll say clicks and these clicks every day would go to lunch or they would go downstairs and, and they would complain about the job. And for me, I was just excited to be there because it was a great opportunity to, to learn something new about, um, the business that 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 I, that for that particular company, I've never heard of that that business style before. So I was just excited. I was like, "Oh, I'm about to learn something new, and see how this can be. You know, maybe I can use this for uh, for something else in my down the down the road in my life." And during that time, again, like I said, they were going to lunch, they were going outside, having conversations, and you know taking they were taking breaks together and I wasn't doing that I was literally reading books or uh you know reading up on my craft which uh, you know at that time like I was saying was project management and learning as much as I can to make sure that I can have an impact here because again remember as I stated that this opportunity was a six-month contract to or temp to perm. So I was like, I want to make sure I'm giving them the most value. So there's not a question at the end of the day after that six months is up that they'll want to make a decision. And I found myself on the outside looking in because of the fact that I wasn't doing 
the same thing as everyone else was doing. See, they had four of us, actually, excuse me, they had three of us in, in a, in a office. And right then and there, I was like, okay, this is not cool. But again, I didn't want to complain or be frustrated because again, I was grateful that I had the opportunity. So the other two would always go out with, the rest of the clique and one one of the guys that was in the office with me he said something to me he said you know why don't you never go out with us you don't take lunch with us you don't you know go outside on breaks with us and I said because honestly uh, between you and I I just I'm really studying and, and learning about the actual business here and I am I'm you know learning about improving myself as being a a better resource for the company and he said oh that's great and everything he was like but you really need to to mingle with the rest of everyone else because you don't want them to think that you're not you're not somebody that can fit in um, when they get ready to make a decision if they want to hire you or not and I appreciated his advice he was coming from a really great place because maybe at that time that he was hearing things that I wasn't privy to so I I took him up on his his advice and I started going out with them and the more that I was spending time with them and less time away away from my craft I became more irritable and frustrated because the negative talk and the frustration that they were saying that they were experiencing, I really wasn't experiencing it, but I was just, I was just going along to get along because my hiring manager was out there at the time and he was in the grants with them. So I was like, well, how am I going to show that I can, you know, that I'm not somebody that's really trying to be rebellious to the group, but I'm really working on uh, learning the organization and, and building up a skill set here that's transferable. And what I ended up realizing is that sometimes in life, when you go to fit in, it's not really worth it. Because see, what ended up happening is the company financially took a loss and when they took a loss the first thing in business and I don't know how much you're aware of this so if you if you're somebody that's listening to this and you're a contractor or you're a temp a temp employee the first people that get cut are the contractors and the temp employees and I I, I remember this like it was yesterday they brought me into the office to a conference room. And when I walked in, I mean, it was like a, it was like a round, I mean, table, some of these people I had never seen in the company before. And they were like, Hey, you know, um, and so the recruiter was there that recruited me, uh, the recruiters manager, and then some other people. And the hiring manager said, hey, you know, oh, well, his manager said, excuse me, we we are going in a different direction. Um, we really think you brought a lot of value to the, you know, to the organization. But unfortunately, we have to move in a different direction. I said, no problem. Hey, I really appreciate the opportunity. They said, that's one thing we like about you. You've always had a great attitude. I said, what? I don't know. I'm not going to be mad at you guys. This is business. So. 
if you guys want to go in a different direction, great. So I walk down, I grab my stuff. Cause again, you know, when you're in the IT realm that I'm in, when things like that happen, they, it's not like, Oh, well, if you get a, a two week notice or, or they tell you, Hey, it's over with, it's not like, Oh, well, we'll wait to the end of the day. It's like, boom, right now. And this was right around the time of the holidays and I was just like, I just can't believe this is happening to me. Like why, who in their right mind would do this to somebody? But again, um, kept a great attitude and got, got grabbed my stuff. And it's funny because I laugh when Charlemagne, the guy on the breakfast club would talk about, he never really brought anything to the office. And that's why when I would, you know, of course, until the pandemic and everything, I would never have anything in the office. Anything that I had was I was ready to go at any point. And it wasn't that I had a self-doubt of myself or I wasn't confident. I was just like, whenever you guys ready to, to make a decision, because I believe I was so confident. And if I can get this job or I can get this opportunity I can get another opportunity. It may take it may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a month, but I really believe in myself that this can happen. And family, that's sometimes in life what not sometimes, family, that's what you have to do. That's how you have to approach everything. So I approached it where, hey, you you know, if you guys are ready to go in a different direction, because you know that's the the context, I'm ready to go with you. So anyway, I go, I go down, get on the elevator, go downstairs. The recruiter says, hey, could you, you know, um, before you leave, can we talk? So we talked. She said, you know, we didn't see this coming. We had got a call, you know, in the morning and saying, hey, you know, they're releasing, you know, the uh, contractors. And of course, I was on the list and, and, and what I wasn't this, just the only one. It was it was the majority of us, I think, out of I don't know how many it was, but I think they only maybe kept one or two. Uh, one or two resources, <coughs> excuse me. And at that point I had told her, I said, you know, I have felt this was coming on. Cause see, when you start learning finances and you're, you, you, they gave me an opportunity to attend town hall, that their town hall and basically the, their town hall, they go over the finance, financial numbers, the projections and, what the plans are. And they started talking about this word EBITDA. So I had to go do my homework and what, like, what is an EBITDA? And the EBITDA wasn't doing so well. And I was like, Oh, and so I, I said, well, I was going to go after a certification anyway. So I think I need to speed this up so I can add more value to myself. And that's exactly what I did. So by the time what they didn't realize is when I did finally pull back from the group, when I start seeing this even more clear, that's the time when they were at outside, you know, you know, talking about the company or taking breaks or going to lunch and, and be gone for a couple hours or even or three hours. I was in there studying by myself because nobody was there. So I was leveraging that time and then I was getting up early in the morning and studying as well before I went to work. And I tell you this story, family, because a lot of times 
we we don't listen to what is going on around us when we're at a company. We don't pay attention to some of the the signs because we're thinking, ah, oh, well, no, nah, that's that probably won't happen to me. It will happen to you. And because of that, I was so underestimated. But by the time that happened, I was already in stride to apply. You know, I was already ready and I was already applying for other jobs because I knew that they weren't going to tell me ahead of time. They weren't going to give me the same respect as as what, what is required of me to give them a week or two week notice. It was going to happen then and there. And so I learned that particular lesson about always, always have forward thinking, always be in a state of mind that you have to work on yourself consistently. That's why I pour a lot of time in when I'm doing research on this show. For me, I'm also educating myself of things I can be doing to to get better. And when I'm giving you guys tips, again, I always state this, and I know I know some of the family may get tired of me saying this, but I want it to burn inside your mind. I want it to burn inside your gut to say, I'm on this journey with you. I am no better than you. I'm no higher than you. I am on the same journey with you. It just so happened that I have the mic and I'm in the driver's seat, but we're in the car together. We're going on the same journey. It's not your journey is no different than mine. It's because at the end of the day, if you're listening to this show, the whole purpose is to do what? Get better. Not get better to be good, but get better so we can be great. We're not we may not be we, we may not be able to get great in all the areas of our life, but may, but but what if we started working on one area at a time? I like some Tim Grover has said, he said. A scalpel knife in the hands of the right person can save a life, but a scalpel knife in the wrong hands can cause harm and kill someone. I want to give you five tips for when people underestimate you. Tip one, care about your end result, not theirs. Stop the questioning. I have to be honest as a black man, if you haven't figured it out by the voice (laughs) in the picture, this has been a battle for me. Um, it's been a battle because when things happen in an environment, you start questioning, like, what do they, I mean, do they think that I don't know my stuff, like that I don't spend time honing my craft? And because I do that, Where's the respect? How, why they're not respecting me and why they're not, you know, um, showing me the love that I think think I should get. But I I had to realize I'm, I'm worrying and I'm worrying and thinking about the wrong thing. You have to think about the end result. The end result is to be the best version on whatever the particular craft that you're trying to hone. Anything else is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what they think about you because there's somebody that will 
give you the opportunity to say, oh, wow, we didn't know. Wow, we, we made an amazing hire. If it's a job or if it's, you know, whatever it may be, it can apply to everything. So tip number one, understand that stop caring um, about what they say and just care about your end result. Stop questioning if you think that you're good enough or not. Or in our case, if you're great enough or not. That also goes into uh, tip number two with stop trying to change people's minds. I know I would always, you know, um, try try to change people's minds about me, especially I remember when this is a unique situation. I remember I would go out to eat and I would I would sit at a table and the the waiter would give me half halfway service and and I was like, wow man, this this the service is really garbage, but I would tip them more than anyone else and I would ask them I said what's the best tip you got today and they would say oh five dollars or ten dollars or twenty dollars okay and I would tip more and it's funny because then the next time I came back in I and, and that person seeing me they were like oh hey won't you come sit at this table and, and the the treatment was totally different so I understood that when you're out here competing to show that your worthiness, your you know, first of all, your self worthiness and your self significant. Sometimes you can't you you can't change people's mind about the goals that you have or the the ambition that that's inside of you that won't give up and won't quit. You just got to keep going to work and keep doing what you need to do. Tip number three. Always get back to work, especially and I'm and I put the emphasis on especially after you have success because you need to keep your ego in check. You see, I like what Kobe has said about this in a sense. He said, and I'll paraphrase, he was like, you know, what made him become successful in the league was the fact that he was able to outwork a lot of people because once you get the cars, once you get the money, once you get whatever that dream of yours was, you know, you buy your, your parents a home or you you buy your, you know, your, your sisters and your cousin on your uncle's side family. You know, you take care of everybody. You got everything that you could have possibly dreamed for and more. People tend to get comfortable. They have a tendency to, as they say, lay on your laurels. And not really continue the in doing the things that it took for them to get there. That's why it was easy for him to outwork everybody because even though he got those things, he understood that the foundation of those things that, that were built upon were based off of him doing the necessary work to be in a position where he was was a face of the NBA. He was a face of what greatness was. He was a face of what hard work and dedication look like. And because of that, he was able to get even more things. See, a lot of times we, let's say we, we go after and we get our, our, you know, a, a raise, you know, we get that raise. And then the things that we did to get that raise, we no longer do, or we, have an opportunity to get in a new position and we get that new position. And again, the things that we did, the studying that we would do um, during 
pockets that we had available to us, we no longer did because we were like, oh, I don't have the time for it. But you was working twice as hard before and you figured out a way to make time for it. So, again, family, when you get into a, a situation where you do accumulate those things, make sure that you don't forget the foundation. You don't forget the basics or anywhere and anywhere is the, the the things that really, truly got you to where you're at, because those things that got you to where you're at will continue to propel you to go even further while people are, are while people are comfortable you're just you're becoming you get more and more uncomfortable because you understand that that there's no stopping point to greatness you're always going to want to you you always want to compete so you can be great tip number 4 the last dance mindset. I did a whole show of this. Last Dance Mindset to me is one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It was I, I love the documentary so much that even though it was on Netflix, I still went and bought it through Apple. Because I felt and I know there were so many gems in there. It was so many jewels. It was so much, much motivation in there of being dedicated to your craft, being dedicated to the goal as a team collective of what you, of what you wanted to achieve that I was like, I, I have to, I have to keep this. And then I loved, but really what arrested my attention was how Jordan used the fuel of what others were saying for him and not against him. A lot of times you can get guilty of using when people throw negativity at you to use it as to that you're feeling so attacked that you don't even know how to leverage it properly. See, for me as a young child, that I was able to 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 do this and I don't know how I did it. I don't even know what started. Well, I do know what started. It really started when I, that day I got cut from, from the sophomore basketball team. I said, this was the last time this was going to happen to me. And because of that, I realized that from there forward, I had to use what people were saying when they said I wasn't good enough, when they said, well, when they underestimated to be able to take that and use it as as fuel. And that's what jo they were showing that of Jordan. And a lot of times you'll notice, and I've, I've done this too, to play a trick on myself, I would create that energy in my mind of, oh, this person really doesn't appreciate it. They may not even say it. It's just like in the story where he said that George Carl was out. They were out to dinner. Michael Jordan was at the table with some, I think it was some other uh, either players or someone. And then George Carl was at a, at a table and George Carl just walked right past and didn't speak to Jordan. And Jordan took it personal. And since he took it personal, he created, he created something as little as that of not of George Carl, not speaking to him to go out <laughs> And demolish the team that George Carl, Carl was coaching in the playoffs that day. And George Carl didn't say anything. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Just because I don't speak to you, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean something. But I loved it because that's what I would have done too. <laughs> I would have created that so it can push me when, you know, I may not want to get up at 
250 or 230. I would rather sleep, but I know somebody else is not. I, I know somebody else is sleeping. So I got to get up and do this. I got to put in the work. Tip number five, start with the, the perfection. I am so guilty of this family. I'm still a work in progress. So you got to work with me. But I went back and forth what I'm about to say here because I don't I don't want it to come across like I'm trying to offend someone or something. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be real if I wouldn't be myself if I couldn't if I wouldn't do this. So here we go. See what happens. So um I bought this course and I've shared buying courses with you before, family. And I I've really come to believe that when you do get into purchasing courses, you will run into some duds. And I bought this course and it was part of this this whole program or whatever that you got a discount off of the actual course. And I'm not going to name the course and everything like that. But what what was what was crazy about this course was the course had nothing to do with what they were saying it was about. So I'm going to make up what it what it was. And then, you know, because, again, if I start talking about, you know, but it was it was around. I'll say this at least. It was around personal development and it had nothing to do with personal development. Nothing. And I was like, if I would have had to pay full price for this, I would have been frustrated. And I said, wait a minute, as we always as I always say here, family, there's an opportunity here. ED, you've been stalling on creating a course. You've been saying, well, you want to wait to make sure that you, you know, get to maybe 200 episodes or 300 episodes and to create so much value that once you put out a course that the family would, you know, basically want to purchase it because of all the value, all the free value you've given, all the times, you know, anyone DM'd you or or sent message on you know, through you on Facebook Messenger and you answered them and you you took the time out of, hey, if they want to talk, whatever it was that you wanted to you wanted to over deliver it. And I blame that on Russell Bronson, by the way, because going through his material has he over delivers on everything. And because he does that, it's like, you know, you know, like is that's one of my digital mentors in a sense. Never met the man or anything like that. And because he over delivers it that's that good energy you want to make sure you over deliver you just don't want to give just and and my it, the course wouldn't be half like it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be undervalued but it's just i want to give you guys so much that has set you guys up for success that things that you're dealing with that you you're empowered to to move forward and after i seen that course and how much they wanted for that course i said no more. I said, all right, God, you funny. You funny. I'm laughing with you because now it's time. I said, now it's time that, okay, we're going to start shooting for this course. I've been saying that I want to do it. But again, like I said, I wanted to make sure I over deliver. And 
the reason, but when you hear it, I'm really finding an excuse to make sure it's perfect. And as we know, perfection really doesn't really work well. So family, when you're thinking about creating something or doing something, don't get so caught up in what you see others are doing that you feel like, oh, I can't do it because it won't be as great as theirs or it won't be as perfect as theirs. And that's when I realized that when you do, when you try to strive for, for perfection, that's when you fall into the trap of never doing anything. So you have my commitment that I want to create a course. I want to create a course that's going to, it'll probably be a beta course just to see the feedback. But after seeing what I saw, I, I, I can't even, it's at a point now I don't even know how to express I was just like, oh, like what? And, and, and the sad part of it was the, the, the information was repurposed. And what I mean by that is it, it was a group, group call that this, this individual had and then repurposed the information into a course. I wasn't even mad at him for him doing that. Oops, I meant I should have said that person. But you guys won't guess who it is anyway. But I wasn't even mad at that. What I was mad at was the fact that when you go through when you've been, I should say, spoiled in a sense of, of going through Russell Bronson's material. You guys need to check him out, by the way. Uh, he, Because he over-delivers, that's the same expectation you want to do for, the, you know, for your audience. The, the same you want to do for your family. Like, you want to over-deliver. Anything else, as that commercial would say, would be uncivilized. But after seeing what I saw with this this course that I got I said okay yeah we dropping something so I'll leave with this family there will be a beta course coming soon I will start letting you guys know so if you hear me promoting this this course it will I probably only going to select I'm probably only going to select 25 maybe 25 to 50 people it depends on how how, how far in depth I go and if you want to be part of the 25 to 50 people, um, I'm going to have something set up where you can reach out to me and let me know. But I promise you, I'm going to bring that heat. I'm going to give you if you if you even like a little bit of this. Imagine what I'm going to do on these courses that I'm going to I'm going to leave everything out on the table. I'm going to give you so much and I want to give you not just strategy, you know how I feel about that. I'm going to give you the tactical steps of what you can do. And I may even do some one-on-one -on -one counseling on questions you may have on things that may, that I've done uh, that'll work for you. So family, with that being the case, I hope you enjoy today's show. Again, five tips for when people underestimate you. Five tips for when people underestimate you. But again, remember your superpower is being underestimated. 
and stop taking it as a negative thing when you get underestimated because now that gives you time to hone and and, and work on your craft craft because they're not expecting you to do what you're going to do. I hope today's show has been moving and enlightening, enlightening. I am your humble host, E.D., and this has been the Impact Secret Podcast Show.